0: All right. What's up, YouTube? I'm Minister Derek Hallett of Sound the Trumpet Ministries, ministries soundtheTrumpetMinistries.com. And today I want to do a teaching called Men, Milk, and Babes. Men, Milk, and Babes. And what we're going to be talking about tonight is growth. What we're going to be talking about today is spiritual growth. What we're going to be speaking of is the things to avoid in order to grow and to also recognize where you are, you know, with the Lord, because you want to grow. I'll give you an example of this. Um, I've learned since getting saved that you really do have to be careful with who you surround yourself with, the things that you say, even the gospel messages that you listen to. And, And the reason for that is because the Bible talks about those things that will Choke off the word, but he also speaks of those things that will allow us to fall on good ground and to have that soil that we may build up and grow. I remember early in my walk, I had this mindset where I used to say, God for everything. I mean, I remember when I wanted something, God, please do this, God, please do that, God, do this, God, do that. But as I began to grow with the Lord, I recognized that the name of Jesus became more personal it wasn't just about God. It wasn't just about what he could do for me, but I began to talk to him and to say his name more. The Lord became more personal to me because of the spiritual growth and the things that he allowed me to do to grow. And I think that is just so important for a Christian that we get the right food, that we get the right milk, we get the right nourishment so that we can fall in line with Christ and do the things that God wants us to do. Because if we don't, we are going to find ourselves giving ourselves over to these false prophets. There's a lot of false teachers out there, a lot of false pastors, a lot of false evangelists on the loose in the last days. And, you know, I can't stand to see babes being taken advantage of. I can't stand for babes to be uh, used and abused like that, because, you know, a babe in Christ is very much like a babe in the world. They come in not knowing anything, their hearts, their minds, their ears are open. They know that they need change. They know that they need a savior. And they think that everybody that they come into contact with that is in the church or those that are professing the name of Jesus, that they are those people that are supposed to be, you know, good people. But as you grow in this thing, and as you get full of this spirit, and as you get, discernment by the Holy Ghost, you begin to recognize that there are lots of things that people can say. There's a lot of smiles that don't mean much. You know, there's a lot of, you know, joyful or so-called joyful tears. And you can hear pastors say the word love until it's dripping from their lips like syrup. But the thing is is that you begin to know that everything that calls itself a Christian is not a Christian you begin to know that everyone that proclaims the love of Christ is not of Christ. Jesus said that there would be many that will profess me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. What causes you and I to get stagnant and to not grow is because we stop seeking the relationship in the words of Christ. We don't pray as much as we used to, we disconnect from the vine. And when things like that happen, we can be deceived. When I started out in this thing, I mean, there's a lot of people that were deceivers that were out there, but it's just so funny how the Holy Ghost of God guided me through all of those people to tell me what their strengths are and what their weaknesses were. Now, if you obey the spirit and you don't get yourself caught up in the personalities, you can actually have this with God. God will actually take you through. He'll never let you sit in arena deceived. Even if you are, it won't be for long. God will usually pull the sheets off of them to show them who they are, to show you who they are so that you can grow and become a right Christian in Christ. But what happens? A lot of people get absorbed in their feelings. A lot of people get absorbed in personality worship and they stay in places they probably shouldn't. They listen to doctrine that they probably shouldn't. They have no discernment and understanding of where the big bad wolves are and where the true Christians are. And because of that, they get ripped to pieces, they stop growing, they become arrested in their development, why? Because they have been weaned away from the breast. They did not get the milk and the nourishment and the things that were necessary for growth. You also see another kind of people. You see those that come into this thing wanting to present the gospel, not knowing what the gospel is. And they'll give you their best efforts on what they believe the gospel is. But really, what they really should be doing instead of preaching the gospel is desiring the sincere milk of the word so that they may grow. So that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. We're going to be talking about maturity. We're going to be talking about growth. We're going to be speaking of immaturity. We're going to be speaking of babes and we're going to be speaking of the things that we need to do with babes and allow ourselves to grow and not stay babes. Sister Sarah, so you know, these are the type of things that we're just gonna get in line with. We are going to speak about men, milk, and babes. So I'm gonna get right into this lesson because I don't wanna waste any time. And uh, from there, we can, uh yeah, let's just pray and get right in. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you for another day, another day not promised to us. And we just ask, Lord, that you forgive us of our sins and our iniquities and our shortcomings and our transgressions and those things that place a veil between you and us. Lord, I'm grateful for this time, Lord, that you've given me with my brothers and sisters, Lord, how you have guided them and kept them, how you have uh, provided for them. And I pray, Lord, over our enemies as well, for those who hate us without a cause, for those who are caught up in this world and the deceitfulness of it, I pray in Jesus' name that you break those bands that they may hear of your truth. And Lord, I pray that no man's heart be heard tonight, that no flesh be glorified, but only by your spirit, Lord, that people may hear your words, that they may grow from babes with the milk unto men. And I just pray, Lord, even for the women, Lord, for the strength that you can build up in them, the things that you can give them, Lord, that they may reach the fullness of the measure of the stature of what you desire to be. So I just pray, Lord, open the minds, open the ears, open the hearts that they may receive you, that they may choose life and not death. I pray in Jesus' name that you bind every foul spirit, every demonic spirit, every spirit of error, contention, or confusion, every spirit of jealousy, malice, and hatred, all spirits of fear, doubt, and unbelief, all oh, deceitful, deceiving, and wicked spirits in Jesus' name, I pray that you bind them this very moment, that distraction won't come, that they will open themselves up to hear your words. So we just pray and we ask that all these things be done for your glory and your honor alone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So, yeah, there's my uh, brother uh, Shadante. And, uh, yeah, Sister Sarah, how are you guys doing? All right. Okay, so uh, tonight, like I said, let's get started. I don't wanna waste any time. We must understand what God wants us to do and how he wants us to be. And we're gonna give two examples of the kind of people that God wants to use to get his will done through. Two kinds of people that we're gonna make an example of tonight that's gonna help you and I to reach our fullness. So let's get started, I wanna go to Luke chapter one and let's look at verse 57. Luke 1 and 57, because if anything I hate in this world, I hate to see babes taken advantage of. I really do. I hate that with a passion, guys, like you wouldn't believe, because, you know, some people, there are those who teach through ignorance, and they're telling other people, you know, the ignorance that they've learned. And then you've got others that are, you know, uh, spitefully trying to deceive the masses to get their will done. Those are the ones that I probably dislike more than anything because their intent is not to save people. I think that for those who are in false doctrine that are deceived, you know, God also speaks to them too and tells them, hey, you need to make this right so that you can be in line with me. Hey, Sister uh, Tara, but you know, this is the thing here is that we must learn to follow Jesus Christ. We can love men, we can love to be taught by men, but what we hope is coming out of their mouths is the, is the Spirit of God that people may receive growth and stay in it. So let's look at Luke 1 and let's look at verse 57. As I tell people, have your Bibles out in front. Why? Because it's a commandment of the Lord that we are to study to show ourselves approved as workmen needing not to be ashamed, who can rightly divide the word of truth. So, this is what we want to do. I want people to listen. I'm not here to entertain. We can learn, get some of the word. Perhaps you can teach me a few things, and we can, you know, edify the body of Christ. So, verse 57 says Now, Elizabeth full time came that she should be delivered, and she brought forth a son. And her neighbors and her cousins heard how the Lord had shewed great mercy upon her, and they rejoiced with her. And it came to pass on uh, that on the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they called him Zacharias, after the name of his father. And his mother answered and said, not so, but he shall be called John. Now, John means, you know, a gift from Jehovah. But then it says, and they said unto her, there is none of thy kindred that is called by this name uh, and that they made signs of his father, how he would have, uh, have him called. And he asked for a writing table and wrote saying, his name is John and they marveled all and his mouth was opened immediately and the tongue loosed and he spake and praised God. And fear came on all that dwelt round about them. And all these sayings were noised abroad throughout all the hill country of Judea. And all that, that came, I mean, all they that heard them uh, laid, uh, laid them up uh, in their hearts, saying, what manner of child shall this be? And the hand of the Lord was with him. And his father, Zacharias was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel for he hath visited and redeemed his people and hath raised up in a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant, David. I wanna make a point here that's really interesting that we gotta understand about John the Baptist and about all those children that were born, mostly from a barren womb, but to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ or, or proclaim the word that God wanted to give them you know, you gotta look really closely at the words because as the Lord found favor with us, many of these things God intends for you and I to do. I'll give you an example of this. When Mary learned that she was blessed and highly favored, that the uh, Gabriel told her that the Holy Ghost would overshadow her. And from there, she would be able to do the things that God wanted, okay? That she would bring forth a son. Well, we gotta know too, as Christians, our job is to birth Christ. Our job is for Jesus Christ to be formed in us, to work through us. So it's important that we understand first, Mary had to also tell them, be it done unto me. Okay, if this is what God intends to do with me, let it be done unto me. The same thing has to happen with you and I, that God has to do it unto you, according to your free will. So what did Mary do? She offered her body up and because of that, the Lord was able to inseminate her with the baby Jesus that was to come forth and touch all nations that his will can be done. It's the same thing that God wants to do with you and I in the new life. He wants to overshadow us, have his spirit come upon us. He wants to sanctify us and endue us with the power of God that we can go out and reach others. So this whole thing as a Christian is to birth Jesus Christ. As newborn babes, all you know is you know what you're taught. All you know is to go in small steps until you grow and you're able to receive meat, which is the stronger gospel, which is the true purpose for our lives. And then from there, we can go out and teach others properly. But what's going on in the churches today is wildfire. You got a lot of people proclaiming a lot of things that they do not know to be true, but they're going according to their feelings. And when you got that going, you're going to have deceived people everywhere. And this is why we need to be taught. This is why we need to be sat down and we need the sincere milk of the word. Why? So that we won't grow ahead of our time and we won't grow behind our time, but we will grow in accordance with what the Spirit of God is showing you and I. Because a lot of people, will get out here and I mean preach and preach and preach but what they lack is a foundation what they lack is those seeds that can bear fruit that people can grow a lot of people will come with the real hard stuff and they'll just come out with you know uh the new world order and death and you know all this other stuff and yeah you can kind of scare people and there's nothing wrong with telling people the truth but you want to anchor them in the word of god so as they receive the word they grow spiritually, and they can handle what's coming. Why? Because after all, Jesus Christ is who was going to handle this in you and I. What's coming in the future, you and I can't handle, not even on our best day, not even with our bravery, not even with all the biblical knowledge we may know. It comes through relationship and birthing Christ, growing in Jesus Christ, that he may reach full stature in us, and he will stand in this day as he did in that day. We've got to birth the conqueror, the only true conqueror that we know, okay? So anyway, I believe I'm at, uh, uh, let's see. Okay, I'm I'm gonna go back to verse uh, 62. And they made signs to his father how he would have um, him called. And he asked for a writing table and wrote, saying, His name is John. And they marveled all. And his mouth was opened immediately and his tongue loosed. And he spake and praised God. And fear came on all that dwelt round about them. And all these sayings were noised abroad throughout all the hill country of Judea. And all that they heard of uh, them laid up in their hearts, saying, What manner of child shall this be? and the hand of the Lord was with him. And his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Ghost and he prophesied saying, blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people and have raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David." That's where I stopped. But notice he mentioned John the Baptist as a horn of salvation. What does the horn do? It usually sounds and it alerts people to the things that they need to know. What for either to tell you about danger, to make an announcement, to point people in the right ways of what needs to be. We are also to be raised up eventually as a horn of salvation that people will get saved. But a lot of people, you know, they keep what they, what God has given them to themselves and they don't benefit anyone. Look at verse 70. And he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets and have been since the world began that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. So I wanna look at this and make another point here. If you were to take this into today concerning your salvation and mine, Look at what the prophet Zechariah said would come. He says that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. So, in many ways, we're saved along the same way. God is going to save you from your enemies. He takes us away from sin, those that mean us harm, those things that mean to. Bind us, and then He frees us only to do what to perform His mercy, promised by um, I mean to our fathers, and to remember His holy covenant, the oath which He swore to our father Abraham that He would grant us. I mean unto us that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve Him without fear. Now this is what Jesus Christ wants for us exactly. The Bible tells us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom and understanding. He didn't just free us so we can lay upon a beach. He sets us free that we may serve him, serve God without fear. In holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life and thou child shall be called the prophet of the highest for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways." So the calling upon John the Baptist's life was to proclaim the coming of Jesus Christ, that all souls needed to be saved, people needed to repent, they needed to be made right, so that they could have you know, the salvation that comes with Christ. You and our job today has never really changed from his. We ought to tell people to repent, to find Jesus Christ, to grow in grace and to let people know that he's coming back to judge the world. So we need to be made right. So anyway, he says in verse um, 77, to give knowledge of salvation. That's what we should do unto his people by the remission of their sins to repent through the tender mercy of our God, whereby uh, the dayspring spring from on high have visited us to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. This is the gospel as you know it, to shine light in darkness that people will receive the truth and get saved. Okay, but I love how he says, whereby the dayspring from on high have visited us. This goes perfectly in line when Jesus said that those who believe in him As the scriptures have said, that out of our bellies will flow those rivers of living waters. Now we got to ask ourselves something. That do you think it's in God's interest for us to stay exactly where we are, where we are in our walk right now? Do you really believe that God's plan is He saved you and I so that we can go back and live worldly lives, not have an impact on this world whatsoever, and not win one soul to Jesus? Well, you've got congregations of, of Christians that believe that this is the truth. They believe their whole job is to just go to church, do what they need to do in church and not reach anybody on the outside. Now, you know that this is not the calling upon the life of a Christian. If it wasn't for John the Baptist, who was to proclaim the Lord, then you know it's not for you and I because we ought to do the same thing. But look at verse 80. This is the reason I went here. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit and was in the deserts till the day of his shewing unto Israel. Now, some people may tell you, I'm not ready to go and preach the gospel. I'm not ready to go out there. I go out, I get timid. I don't know much of the word. I don't have a lot of confidence. Well, that's fine. But we must understand verse 80. It says the child grew and waxed strong in spirit. So when the Bible tells us not to frustrate the grace of God, not to grieve the spirit of God, not to quench um, the spirit is because this time of grace is to grow closer with Christ, is to draw nearer to him so that we may grow and wax strong in spirit. And then it says, and he was in the deserts till the day of his shewing unto Israel. This is where we need to be as Christians. We need to be not in the deserts, but away from the action. Why? To grow spiritually. But everybody wants to jump up, grab a mic and preach the word, but they don't know the word. They don't have enough fruit in them. They don't have enough of the spirit to reach other people. So the beginning stages of the growth of a Christian, just like it was for John the Baptist, is to wax strong, stay close with Christ, get into his word, do the things that you need to do until he calls you forward to proclaim his gospel. This word goes perfectly in line with second Corinthians chapter five, where it says, um, though we live in the flesh, we don't war against the flesh for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations in every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. And to bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So when we cast down imaginations, we're doing war from the inside out. We're allowing God to take away all filthy thoughts, all filthy words, all filthy habits, so that we may reach the fullness of Christ. And then when it says, you know, to take every thought into the obedience of Christ, then he says, casting down. I mean, no, he says that you can revenge all obedience or all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So you see, there comes a place where your obedience in Christ needs to be fulfilled before you go run out there grabbing a mic and telling everyone about Christ. And don't get me wrong, you're never gonna be perfect when you walk in this thing. You're going to make mistakes, things are gonna happen but this is all a part of the process of growth that God uses us to allow us to be able to be made perfect, full of Christ, you know, bearing fruit, witnessing to people that they may be saved. That's what this whole thing is about. It's about growth. John the Baptist didn't just jump out there. He grew. Even though the prophecy was already set on his life, what would be, God still had to build the temple until he was ready to present himself. And that's what this is about. Am I made perfect in the Lord? Absolutely not. The Lord shows me my flaws every day and he works with me, but he's working with me on certain levels according to my faith. Yes, I can preach the gospel. Yes, I understand it. Yes, I have forsaken you know just about every sin until the Lord shows me, hey, you've got this too. You can be a bit proud. You can have this, you can have that. Those are things that God will work on to take away from us. But this is all a part of growth. One of the worst things that can happen to a Christian is they jump out there ahead of their time. They get rocked, they get hit, they get pierced through with the fiery darts of the enemy, they lose hope, they give up confidence, and they run back never wanting to go out there again. But God wants to build us up in that place of I'm gonna work with you where you are. But when it comes time for you and I to go mainstream, when it comes time for you and I to go through all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, you're going to be full of Christ to be able to see it come to pass. This is why we need the milk of God to be able to grow in spirit that we may have the meat and then we can be exactly like Jesus Christ wants us to be. Many people that have forsaken this process are stunted in their growth. You know, they got saved. The Lord came and saved them. And they ran right past Jesus right into religion. And they'll sit there for the next 40 or 50 years, never growing in spirit, never hearing anything more than the gospel that they're hearing because they've appended themselves to personalities and they will lay there and rot away. But God intends to use you, not just through ministers, pastors, and teachers but he also wants to get you to the place of you being the minister so that Christ can form in you and work through you. All right, so let's look at Luke chapter two and let's begin at verse 40. Luke chapter two and verse 40. If anybody has uh, any questions, please put them in the the, uh, message box. I will try and answer them as we go along. Why? Because with all we get, we get understanding as the Bible says. What good is this word to me if I can preach it, but not be able to explain it, but not be able to bring it to a place of simplicity that people might get it. I would just be a sounding brass, just running my mouth, but God doesn't want that. God wants you to have understanding. And that's one of the amazing things about Jesus is he had the wisdom that even a Pharisee could pick up, but he could also bring it to the place of even a child would understand it. That is the wisdom of God. Only God can do such a thing. So let's look at uh, Luke uh, chapter two, and we're gonna begin at verse 40. All right, Luke two, look at verse 40. It says, and the child grew. Who is this? This is Jesus Christ, and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him." Now notice the grace of God was upon Christ. This was meant for Jesus Christ himself to grow. The devil tried to kill Jesus right out of the womb. Now that's why they had to flee the place of their birth so that Jesus can grow. Notice when Jesus went and preached the gospel, he was 30 years of age. So he had already been around the world, you may as well say once, and once he turned turned 30, he severed all ties with the world and went according to everything that his father said to do. Then anyway, verse 41 says, now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem and Joseph and his mother, Uh, knew not of it. But they supposing him to have been in the company, uh, went a day's journey and they sought him among their kinsfolk and acquaintances. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem seeking him. And it came to pass that after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. Guys, I'm, I'm one of those guys, I like to count. I like to count numbers in the Bible. Notice it was after three days that they found Jesus. This is in line with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He was three days in the ground, raised on the third day, and from that point, he made it possible for you and I to have the spirit. And where did they find Jesus? In the temple. What is the temple today? It's you and I. We are the temple of the living God. But notice after three days, they found Jesus and he was sitting in the midst of the doctors. He was hearing them and he was speaking with them. And he was asking them questions. Verse 47 says, and all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. Sorry guys, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. And uh, he said unto them, how is it that ye sought me? Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? So even young Jesus at the age of 12 years old, went out and preached the gospel. What age God deals with you doesn't matter. It's all about a willing vessel that is willing to receive and to do. Now, was he raising the dead here? Was he casting out devils? Was he walking on water? Absolutely not. But he told his mother, his earthly mother, that how can you be, how can you look for me? Why are you looking for me? You know, don't you know that I must be about my father's business? So even a young Jesus that was waxing strong in spirit and in wisdom knew that his whole purpose of being here on this earth was to be about his father's business. This is what we must learn about ourselves in growing in Christ, because God wants us to be about his business, but we tend to get into our own business, the wisdom of the world, the things that we can have in this life, the things that we think ministers and teachers want from us. We've got to seek God to grow strong and to be used of him. Jesus was not going to wait okay, until he was 30 years old to make his impact on the world. Yes, he was being used of his father, but he was growing every single day with the father. That's a beautiful thing for you and I so that we can be about our father's business. Verse 50 says, and they understood not the saying which he spake unto them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject. Uh, unto them, but his mother kept all these sayings in her heart, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. So this is just so important for us that we increase in God's wisdom, that we grow in stature. Now Jesus might have gotten taller here, but stature was also his relationship, his reputation. And that's why it says, and in favor with God. Many of us want God to move on us and to do things through us, but God is looking at what he has to work with and God knows we've got a lot of things that need to be changed in us, okay? So when it says he had favor with God, God was watching his own son Every day growing, and the more mature Jesus became, the more he grew in spirit and in knowing his knowing you know God through wisdom that the Father was able to have more favor with him. you know what? I'm going to give him this, you know why because he's prepared to do it. he's prepared to work on it. And now you know that Jesus was always God, he was always God in the flesh, but what was occurring here he was he was a learning how to master his flesh. He was learning every day how to forsake the world and be of his father. So, you know, we can learn a lot from Jesus. We can learn a lot from knowing that we need to grow spiritually. A lot of people believe that this is all there is to a Christian's walk, but I'm here to say that unless we reach the fullness of Christ, okay, then we are not completed our mission. And I'm gonna back all this up by scripture because some people may say he's preaching words, he's trying to push heavy burdens. Man, it's not about that. It's about you finishing your course. It's about you finishing your race. It's about you using the talents that God has given you so that you may be fruitful. And we will never truly be fruitful until we give everything to Jesus, allow Jesus under the right gospel, under reading his word, under praying before him and fasting that God can grow in us and get a job done in us. He says, praise the son. I don't know what, oh, you mean the son, Jesus Christ. Absolutely. Because without Jesus, we've got absolutely nothing. All right. So let's move on. Let's move on. We're going to get an example of what babes look like in this thing and what we need to get free from so that we can be in good standing with God. So let's go to first Corinthians chapter three and let's look at verse one. First Corinthians three and one. Thank you, Jesus. First Corinthians three and one, he says, and I brethren could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. So what is Paul saying here? He's saying, I can't even speak to you guys of spiritual things yet because you've got a carnal mind. So what God is actually telling us what we need to do is, he says, you're even unto babes in Christ. Look at verse two. I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto ye were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. So, Paul is also recognizing here with the church of Corinth, guys, I've given you guys milk because you need the milk in order to grow and be right with God. But it's not because Paul didn't want to give them meat. Paul is saying, you know, I didn't give you meat because you weren't able to bear it at that time. Okay, I get it. There are things that are going on in the world and our growth that we're not ready to take on for Christ. But Paul is saying to these people, to their shame, neither yet now are you able. This is important that we understand. He says, for ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? So Paul is saying here that the problem that's going on with these people is there's divisions, there is envy, and there is strife. If you wanna know if an atmosphere is full of babes or not, this is what you are going to find. You're going to find some people that will be able to submit to the word of God, and you're gonna find others that will not be able to submit to the, to the word of God because they're babes. When they see a brother or a sister doing something in the Lord, they are going to try and tear it down. I'm not saying we can't make corrections, but there will be envying, there will be strife because they're fighting for power. It's the same thing that you see babes do where someone may have a, a, you know, a baby may have a rattle in his hand or he's playing with a toy and he'll put the toy down, walk away and be disinterested and go into something else. And then he'll see another baby pick up the toy and start playing with it. Then all of a sudden this babe runs back, wants to grab the rattle or whatever toy they have and they're fighting back and forth. No, it's mine, give me, give me, stop. This is what babes do. I'm not trying to be funny, but you see, anytime you get strife and you have envy and it causes division, it's because you've got a bunch of immature people in the gospel or around the gospel because we're all meant to edify one another and to grow spiritually and to get in line with what God wants. But we're gonna find out the problem here. Why is there envying? Why is there strife? Why are they still babes when they should have given everything over to Christ? Let's see. So let's look at verse four. And while one saith, I am of Paul and another, I am of Apollos, are ye not carnal? Who then is Paul and who is Apollos but ministers by whom ye believed even as the Lord gave to every man? I have planted Apollo, I have planted Apollo's water, but God gave the increase. So here's the problem. The problem is this is personality worship going on in the church. Instead of people giving themselves over to Jesus, what you're finding is that there are people here that are just loving their pastors or they're loyal and faithful to their church. This is why you have Catholics. This is why you have Methodists. This is why there are Jehovah Witnesses. There are Mormons. There are Pentecostals. There are Charismatics. There are Baptists. You know, there are all these different groups. Lutheran, because there's no such thing as denominations. You either believe what the Word of God says or you don't. We are supposed to be one body, fitly joined together, believing and minding the same things. As Philippians 2 says, there shouldn't be division. When the word of God speaks, we should all be able to submit. But babes, you know, in many cases through immaturity, have ulterior motives. They cling to the wrong things instead of clinging to Jesus Christ. That's why I tell people within this ministry and those that listen in, what they need to do is focus on Christ. What they need to do is focus on the things that Jesus tells us to do. They need to maybe go to some good pastors and teachers, hear and listen. But the goal is that you may be strong in Christ and do the things that the Lord says. All right, guys. Well, this is kind of what we're talking about. And I think what people don't understand is that the enemy will try and do things to take your sight off of God. Okay, we know that Jesus Christ is the sun. And that's what we need to stay focused on, the S-O-N, okay? Now, when it mentions the sun in the book of Psalms, the idea was that God, like Jesus Christ would do, would light up the world. It doesn't mean that Jesus is the son of the S-U-N. He is like the S-U-N or the S-U-N is representing of him because he shines light on a dark world. That's what that's about, guys. So do not get into arguments and debates because the devil himself is gonna try and pull you from this teaching because they want to take away their sincere milk that God intends for you and I I to have that we may grow, okay? The Lord just directed my attention to that. I love every brother and sister coming on here, but what we better understand is that there are enemies that are here to take away people from the truth. But guys, pay attention to what's being said here. So don't give yourself over to personalities. Don't give yourself over to worldly things. Give yourself over to Christ because through him, we can only grow and be what God tells us to. So he says, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gives the increase. It is only through Christ that you and I grow. It is not through the enemies of this world. It is not through men that come to you and try and tell you everything that you need. They're only working under the inspiration of God. God puts the words in their mouth and God allows them to grow. That's what this is about. Do not argue and do not debate with people, okay? It's a waste of your time. I'm speaking to the holy remnant of God for those who want to hear the gospel and hear the truth. For those who are against it, let them do what they do. You're going to have that. Pay attention to the Bible. So anyway, he says, so then neither is he that planteth anything, neither is he that watereth, but God, that giveth the increase. So what is Paul doing to the Corinthians? He's focusing their minds back in line with what God wants them to do, to, to pay attention to Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. Yes, we can give credit to whom credit's due. Yes, we can give honor to whom honor is due, but the goal is to focus yourself on Christ, okay? I'm nothing. I'm just a clay jar with a bald head and glasses reading the word of God. The Lord is putting the words in my mouth. I'm speaking what he says for his sheep that they may grow. And in doing so, the Lord has even been helping me to grow. So he says in verse eight, Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. So you see, he that planted, let's just say somebody told you about this channel, okay? Someone says, hey man, you need to give your life to Christ and there may be a good minister. Hey, you need to hear this guy. You need to hear Sound of Trumpet Ministries. Let's just say that's the case. And we go and we'll begin to listen to that, you know? And you might hear me on here speaking, that person planted the seed and God may be using me to water, but in both of those people, God is the one that's giving the increase. This is how we mature and not fall in line with the um, abilities and, and, and of men. But we go according to what we can get and grow closer to God. And every minister should see himself in this way. Any minister seeking attention or wanting people to know, yeah, they got it from me and all this other stuff, that's a babe. Because babes seek attention for self. But when you grow and mature, your job is to talk to people about you know Jesus Christ. That's what our job is. When you mature in the world, you begin to take care of people like your children, your family, things like that, but you're not paying attention to the things of this world, okay? You're not trying to take a lot for yourself. Any woman knows this who has children. Once she's pregnant and that baby is born, her life is now ended and her life is for that baby. Well, it's the same thing with you and I, where we need to sacrifice things up that we fall in line with the Lord. That's what this is about, that we can grow in him, give him the glory and become an ambassador for Christ. Never get caught up in personalities. I tell people when they speak against me, I tell the people in the ministry, do not defend me, defend Jesus Christ, okay? Because the truth will be known one way or another. You don't have to extend yourself and go out to try and gain favor with people or try and get people to see it your way. The truth in Christ will reveal everything. You told them, that's the only responsibility you got. Everything else from that point on is up to them. We don't become the kind of people we are in this world because of the parents we have. That may play a role in it, but it's whether or not we seek their wisdom and their truth to live as them. A lot of good kids have come out of really bad homes, you know, and, and the grace of God, you know, was able to be extended to them. But it's all a part of: will they receive that bad advice, or will they go forward learning of good advice to do what God says? It's the same thing with the child of God. One that wants to grow in spirit and receive God is going to pay attention to the words of God. Anything outside of that they're gonna find themselves going to personalities, going to false doctrine, falling away, backsliding, doing the things that they do because they refuse to allow themselves to be raised of the Lord. And I'm not speaking bad of anybody on this channel tonight. I just want people to understand, we can't afford to fight with people today. We know that there are babes in Christ, man. Who cares what they think or what they say? Our job is to do what God says. You know, we've got the new world order coming. We've got wickedness in every place and all sorts of things going on. Let babes be babes and grow in grace to grow stronger with Christ. You know, you gotta know these attacks are coming guys so we don't get caught out there with this stuff. We gotta be wiser than that because this is what the Lord is calling us to do. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 1. You have got nothing to prove Christians. God saves his holy remnant and he tells them the truth that they may receive it. I've got a teaching coming up. Wisdom is justified of her children, you know, because you can't tell people things and expect people to do them. People are going to do and believe what they want. That's why I love that Jesus said wisdom is justified of her children. You want to know if it's true? You want to know if it's authentic? Then do it. And if it's real wisdom that comes forth from God, then these things will spring forth in your life. But if you don't do it, hey man, wisdom is justified of her children. I've got nothing to prove to you. If you don't wanna believe that the old Mosaic law is dead and buried and we've got to give it all to Christ you know, and follow him, wisdom is justified of her children. If Jesus tells you he's the only way and people wanna tell you that there's many ways to Jesus Christ, Wisdom is justified of her children. Only children of wisdom are going to bring forth the wisdom of God. Stop getting in petty brawls and getting into things that people want to do. That's irrelevant. I only have one assignment by God, and it says to owe no man nothing but to love him. I love you. I tell you the truth. If you don't receive it, that's on you. I'm only speaking to the holy remnant of God, those who will receive, those who will accept salvation and, and think that it's important enough to grow Christ in them so that he can get a work done. So let's go to first Peter chapter one. Let's look at verse one. Uh, amen, praise the Lord. First Peter one and one, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father through sanctification of the spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace be unto you and peace be multiplied. If you guys look at verse two, it says that they received sanctification, you know, um, through the spirit. Okay, only the spirit of God can sanctify you and take things out of your life. Only the spirit of God can mature you and allow you to grow. Verse three, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Christ Jesus from the dead. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, uh, though now for a season, if need be ye are in heaviness through manifold temptation, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. So as Christians, we've got to go through things. We've got to experience things. We've got to be tried in fire that we can bring forth Jesus Christ. I know a lot of people like to take away um, hell from their ministry. They don't wanna talk about it. It's not a popular doctrine, but you know something? Jesus talked about hell more than he ever talked about heaven for a reason. I think we need a balanced diet of what God tells us, you know, is necessary, like in having, you know, the positives and the negatives. That's how you get power. If you look at any battery, it's going to have a positive and a negative charge. This is how we stay balanced. But a lot of people love the sugar gospel. They love to hear of things that are not of God. And when you have that, like they, they love to hear of all the goodness of God, but they don't like to hear of the punishment what God will do to the wicked. What you find with people when they receive that doctrine is they will be, they'll, they'll look at God the wrong way. When you tell them that God will judge their sin, they'll say, well, God won't do that. God is love. When God tells us to reprove, rebuke and exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine, they'll tell you you're not supposed to judge. And you see, when you get that, you're not getting the balanced diet. You're not getting the sincere milk. You're not getting what you need for growth. A lot of people don't mention hell because they're afraid of hell. But the Bible tells us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom and understanding. I thank God that he made hell real to me. Why? So that I may know, Lord, in order to be right with you, okay, I need to avoid that place. I need to know that if I don't do the things that you call me to do, and if I don't reach the measure of where you want me to be, then that will be my place that I will dwell in for eternity. So you see, hell does have some great points. Hell tells us that we can't afford to fool around with this life. But if you believe that there is no hell, that there'll be no judgment, that God is just love. You know what, love is the appear- Love is, is never void of truth. God tells us what we need to know because God's not telling you about hell to scare you. God's gonna burn this whole place up. So you see, as, as newborn babes in Christ, we need a balanced diet like any growing child, like any child willing to bring forth Christ, you've got to feed on the gospel that Jesus Christ taught to the world, okay? This is how we grow. So anyway, he says um, in verse eight, he says, whom having not seen ye love in whom, though now uh, ye see him not yet believing, ye rejoice with, with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently who prophesied of grace that should come unto you. Searching what, or what manner of time, the spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify when it testified beforehand, the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. You guys hear that? Let's look at this again. And she said, God is tough love, Sister Sister Tara. Absolutely, why? Because in order for us to be made right, the importance of tough love is, that you may be able to bear the wickedness that is gonna come your way. But guys, look at this again in verse 11. It says, searching what, or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. So you see, Jesus never taught the gospel without letting people know the sufferings that would, you know, that should come to him and that the glory that would follow. He told them he was going to be raised on the last, I mean, you know, the third day and that he would come back. He told them that the son of man would suffer many things. As Christians, as growing babes in Christ, we need to understand this as well, because if you don't know what this whole thing is about, you're going to waste your time believing in another Jesus, another gospel and another spirit. Look at verse 12, unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us, they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the angels desire to look into. Wherefore, gird up your loins on your mind. I mean, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ, as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance. So he's talking about that we are to go after this hope, this grace, this salvation that the Lord promised but he says not to be his children of the past or to be obedient children, but not to fashion ourselves according to the former lust of ignorance. So we need to tell people also about the things that need to be pushed away, that we need to forsake sin. Newborn babes in Christ need to know this. You need to repent. When you sin before the Lord, repent, make it right. Turn away from sin and walk with Christ. The newborn babes aren't being told this. Look at verse 15. But as he which have called you is holy, so be ye holy for all manner of conversation, because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. And the Bible also says without holiness, no man will see the Lord. Here's another interesting point concerning holiness is that a lot of newborn babes will even relate their salvation to watching other so-called mature grownups live their lives. That's why it's important as Christians that we don't only talk about the life we live it because the next generation is only going to fashion itself after the generation that preceded it. We've got to tell these kids or people that are young in Christ the truth that holiness is essential to following Jesus Christ. Because what a lot of newborn babes will do is model themselves after their teachers. Okay, the teacher curses from time to time, so can I. The teacher backslides from time to time, so can I. You know, the teacher is only a Christian when he's in church, so I ought to be the same way. But as newborn babes, we've got to know what we need so that we may grow. Look at verse 17 and if ye call on the Father, who without respect of persons judgeth according to every man's work, past the time of your sojourning here in fears. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot for verily uh, was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. And I just wanna say, thank God for Jesus. I got another teaching coming up called, Jesus breathed twice. Why is that important? Because a lot of people believe that Jesus only breathed once. I know a lot of people make the argument when I get baptized that, um, you know, I got the Holy Ghost, and then you've got the Pentecostals that believe you only receive the Holy Ghost, you know through um you know through seeking God, you know, fasting and prayer, and you know the spirit pours on them. You know, Derek Prince taught this message a long time ago, but I remember it clear that Derek Prince believed, and so do I, just through the word, that Jesus breathed twice. Remember when they were in the room and Jesus cho- showed Thomas his side and all these different things that he truly did come back. Jesus breathed on them and said, receive ye the Holy Ghost. Now, some people would say, okay, well, if they had received the Holy Ghost, then how come they're not speaking in tongues? How come they're not doing the things, you know, that they did in Acts the second chapter? Well, if you make that account, I've got to find the scripture on it, but If you look at that account and you look at what came later with the um, Acts, the second chapter, the Lord told them to receive the Holy Ghost twice. The first time received, I do believe that when a person is baptized, that they do receive a portion of the spirit. I believe that with all my heart. I believe that from then they are to seek Christ to the place of, you know, um, getting full and the Holy Ghost will fall on you, and then you are baptized with the fire baptism. You need them both. You need the water baptism, and you need the fire baptism, because I do believe a lot of people feel their lives have sincerely changed when they were baptized and gave their lives to the Lord. I'm not denying that. I believe the Lord did give you a piece of the Spirit, but now you've got to go after the fire. You've got to go after the baptism in the Spirit, Jesus says to be born of water and of the spirit, okay? So yes, you are born again of the water if you receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior and you believe that he died for you and you're willing to forsake your sin. Then the next move of God is the baptism by fire that must take place that will purge us from all unrighteousness and we will grow with the Lord. Now, some people would disagree with me, but you see, notice in the beginning, when Noah, in his time, there was a flood that purged the earth and the earth was clean for a time or it was partially clean, but sin was still in the world. Now, when Jesus comes back to destroy by fire, it will be purged and it will be purged permanently because there will be a new heaven and a new earth brought forth. So you see the baptism in the spirit is the completed work of God that we can actually get into the supernatural and understand God in an intimate way or more intimate way. It empowers you to live the Christian life so that you won't be a sinner. You'll be a conqueror over sin, but you need them both guys. But you see, there are a lot of sincere babes in Christ that also get frustrated because they know that a change is taking place in their lives. So they can't really handle people telling them you don't have the Holy Ghost. So they get discouraged and many people drop out of it. But what you will later see, you know, what you eventually do, I mean, and I'm not saying the people telling them that they need more isn't more, they most certainly do. But you've got to seek the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Why? because from there, I believe that God is going to empower you and give you the strength to endure. Okay? You need the baptism in the Spirit. You need the gifts of the Spirit to manifest in your life. You need those fruit to grow so that you can bring forth life just like Jesus did. One thing we know about every living thing is it begets life after itself. Okay? You can't have children as a human being if you're not alive, okay? You can't uh, lead people to Jesus Christ unless you are alive. If you've got the life of Christ in you, you can reach others and they will give their lives to Christ. If we're truly born again, and guys don't take this offensive, I want you, if you're not there, then seek the Lord that you may have it. But one thing is sure about every true Christian they are going to bring forth after their kind. One thing about every sinner, they're going to bring forth after their kind. I agree with Pastor Price when he says the gospel is organic. You're only going to bring forth the life that is in you. But if something is stunting your growth, then what we need to do is go back to the drawing board ask the Lord to remove whatever things that are stopping our growth and let us grow in the grace of God, okay? There may be some false doctrine, there may be something that you're believing and holding on to that's keeping you from growing. So that's why you gotta go back to the gospel, go back to the old pathway, go back to see how Jesus did it and ask to be empowered with the spirit that you can live as he lived. Because a lot of Christians will stunt their own growth and say, I can't be like Jesus. When the Bible tells us we better be like Jesus, that's what this is about. All right, so I said all that to say this. Look at verse 21. He says, who by him do believe in God that raised him from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God. Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of uncorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. For all the flesh is as grass, for all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as a flower of grass the grass withereth and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. So if we've got the right doctrine, we will see growth in our lives. We will grow in the grace of God. We will become more sensitive to sin. We will be more encouraged to seek the things that God wants so that we can be empowered to do the work ourselves. But you see false gospel, it stunts your growth. Jesus told his disciples that a good tree can't bring forth corrupt fruit and a corrupt tree can't bring forth good fruit. Jesus says that you would know them by their fruit. This is what we must understand. We've got to know by the fruit that, God, that Jesus told us. He didn't say if people spoke sweet to you and loving to you and, you know, they made you feel warm and fuzzy that that's a man or woman of God. He says, you'll know them by the fruit. You've got to inspect the fruit. Is this person of God or are they not of God? But you see, if you go in your senses like most babes do, you will be deceived. Because, you know, babes walk in the church loving and hugging everybody, and they think that everyone has their best interest at heart. But babes are going to have to learn, you know, through the spirit of God and through reading his word, how to have our senses exercised. Let's go to no matter of fact, I want to go to one more place real quick. Let's go to the next chapter. This is uh, First Peter, chapter two. And we're going to look at verse one. There's an important message in here for us. All right. First Peter two, let's look at verse one. He says, wherefore laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speaking as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. So we have to have the true uh, sincere milk of God's word in order to grow. When I was young in church, you know, we came from a Bible-based believing church and you know, we had good pastors, but if I knew a lot of the things that I know now, my growth in Christ could have occurred much sooner. But because of, you know, some things I didn't know and because of maybe some of the sincere ignorance that we had, you know, that we I couldn't have grown the way that God wanted me to there. So that's why it's important that we go to places that we can grow, that we can just, you know, stop being babes and become mature men and women in the Lord. So he says in verse three If so be, ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious, to whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious, ye also as lively stones, what is a lively stone? A lively stone is a stone that is going to move as it builds, it's not going to be still, it's not gonna just be some rock laying there, we are a stone, and he's gonna make the point right here. Lively stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ, no doubt, is that stone. He is that precious cornerstone. He is that sure, uh, that sure um, foundation that you and I sit on, but what God also wants to bring us to the place of is that we grow, that we become little stones, little lively stones, little Jesuses walking around doing what Jesus did as a church, as a community, that we may build up that spiritual house which is the church of Jesus Christ. So you see, God wants all of his people to be full of Christ. That's the true church of God. So he says, he also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices. So we've got to become holy priests of God. We've got to make spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable unto God. So we got to be those lively stones. We've got to be stones full of the spirit of God that can do the works of Christ. Verse six says, wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, behold, I lay in Zion, a chief cornerstone, that's Jesus, elect precious and he that believeth on him shall shall not be confounded. Unto you therefore, which believe he is precious, but unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. So notice how Jesus is our foundation. He's the cornerstone, but he's also the capstone because we stand on his foundation as newborn babes that we may grow and become like him, only to get full of him, to have the mind of Christ that he may be the capstone also. So when you hear Jesus say things like, I am the first and the last. I am the alpha and the omega. I am the beginning and the end. He is the author and finisher of our faith. That ought to give us an understanding that yes, we're growing through knowledge of Christ, but the Lord is also making your feet stable, building you up that you may be able to receive him and become full of him. Not only does our God, and this is what separates Jesus from all these so-called prophets that are out there in the world. What is so amazing about Christ is he sets the groundwork, he builds the house, and then he uses it and he redeems it from where it was that it can be made right. Our God just doesn't tell us the way like like Buddha does, and Buddha doesn't even know the way. Muhammad doesn't even know the way. But the point is, is that He tells us what we need to know, but he's also helping you grow in it to live in you and work through you. He's not only telling you the way, he shows you the way, and he did it first 2000 years ago. This is what the babe needs to pay attention to, the growth in Christ. You know, pastors and teachers, it's good. They give you some information. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the message. Thank you so that I can grow. But the goal always is and will be Jesus Christ. Man, thank you, Lord. So anyway, let's move. I want to, because for the sake of time, I want to go to Hebrews chapter five, and let's look at verse one. Hebrews five and one. And I feel like tonight my mind got a little jumbled because, you know, I think the devil was trying to do things to get me to pay attention to them. But, you know, praise the Lord, he's good. Because if distractions come to you, then obviously you're hearing the truth. And that's what we gotta learn to rest in. We don't wrestle with flesh and blood, you know? But one thing we do not do is argue with babes. We encourage them, we try and help them, we try and teach them that we grow so that we can mature. But if you find yourself arguing and bickering over facts here and there, it's just not worth your time. We only have a responsibility to tell the truth. For those who believe, they'll grow in it and they'll walk in it. For those who don't, leave them to their devices. There's nothing you can do. The Bible tells us do not cast our pearls before swine. Hebrews five, let's look at verse one. He says, for every high priest taken from among men is ordained from men and things pertaining to God that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sin who can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way, for that he himself also is compassed with infirmity. And by reason hereof, he ought as for the people, so also for himself to offer for sins. And no man taketh this honor unto himself, but he that is called of God as was Aaron. So you see, Jesus Christ, did nothing but make sacrifices for his sheep. As you and I grow in Christ, we need to start making disciples. We need to start teaching people this word on a personal level that they may grow. Because you see, if you're really of Christ, you can do this too. If you're growing and being built up in the Lord, have experiences. Man, you guys would never believe what my first sermon was like when I went to New York. You know, I was uh, nervous and didn't know what to say because why? I was a babe, you know, and I'm still, I, I still wanna refer to myself as a babe, you know why? Because Christ needs to be fully formed in me that I can obey him on every level, body, soul, and spirit. Okay, when I get full, then I can call myself, you know, a true man of God, a true Christian because a Christian after all is like Christ. But you know how many newborn babes believe that Christians are just church people? That's not the calling of God. God wants to live in us to reach other people. Verse five says, so also Christ glorified not himself to be made in high priest, but he that said unto him, thou art my son this day have I begotten thee. So the father put Jesus Christ in the ministry and the father empowered Jesus Christ to do the will of the Father. We in turn have to get full of Jesus Christ that we may do the works of Christ. We don't glory in self, we don't glory in our sermons, we don't glory in our accomplishments, how many people we led to the altar. No, we give the glory to Jesus Christ because that's the only reason that he put us in ministry. So he says in verse six, and he that saith also in another place Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Where it is this? This is Psalm one hundred and ten. Okay, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death, and was heard in that he feared, though he were a son, yet learned he, uh, yet learned he. Obedience by the things which he suffered. So, guys, we're talking about Jesus Christ here. Do you hear what he says? Look at verse 8. Though he who was Jesus were a son, yet he, yet he, I mean, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. So, even Jesus for 30 years had to learn obedience, okay, by the things which he suffered. You know, He went from one stage to another, he learned to forsake his flesh from the beginning and from there Jesus grew. And when Jesus got the spirit, the Holy Ghost led Jesus immediately into the wilderness to subdue the flesh so that he could return in the power of the spirit. Jesus was obedient unto his father every day of his life. Look at verse nine, and being made perfect, he became the author, And uh, I mean, of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him, called of God and high priest after the order of Melchizedek. So, this is what I'm trying to tell people that are trying to keep the law and they're trying to grow spiritually in that way. It can't be done. Either you're a priest after the order of Melchizedek, who was Christ, who was before the law, who goes all the way back to Abraham, or you're going to be a priest of Aaron whose law was done away. You've got to choose. You see, because you, you're you not only a babe when you stay up under the old Mosaic law, but you have yet to meet Jesus. This is why we must understand that Jesus took it all the way back before the law at the time of Adam and Eve, when Adam and Eve were made in the image and likeness of God. That's what Jesus Christ came to do, to bring us back up under, the righteousness of God that the Holy Ghost can give. But I'm telling you, what happens to babes is they find a thing, they learn some truth, they cling to it, and they refuse to go any further. Where we're supposed to cleave unto Jesus that we may grow. Nothing wrong with the old Mosaic law, except that it's been done away. It's the truth. But God's plan is not to get you to follow laws. That's why you're frustrated. It is through the inspiration of the spirit of God to make you righteous. God's plan is to make you righteous. It is not to get you to follow the do's and the don'ts. Yes, the Bible does guide us in this way, but the spirit takes hold and brings the word to life. When he says that he would write the words of his covenant in their hearts, it was talking about Christ in you. It's not talking about following that stuff those things can't make you righteous. They never could. Even if you kept the law, in many ways, you were still a sinner because you need to be born again. That's the problem. You need to be born again. And you cannot be born again by law. You are born again through Jesus Christ. You need the spirit of God to grow in God. Forgive me, guys. Look at verse 11, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing. I think that's why I'm shouting. Look at verse 12, for when, for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. So here we go. Paul, I believe he wrote uh, Hebrews. He's saying here that the time came that you guys should have been teachers, but you still have need that someone teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. The first principles of the oracles of God is, you know, spiritual growth. To, To find a minister or someone or get into your word with the Lord and you know, the teachers will help you to have a better relationship with Christ. But these people have need that someone teaches them again. There's nothing wrong. I still listen to teachers, guys, okay? What I'm speaking of are those who can't act, can't do a thing, can't even think for themselves unless their teacher tells them they need to it. Having no relationship with Jesus Christ at all. That's what I'm talking about. But he says they, these guys still have need of milk and not of strong meat. So he's given them milk. And instead of them growing to the fullness of the stature of Christ with the milk, what they're doing is they're going back to, you know, needing more help and support. They still have need that someone teach you. They have not come to the knowledge of the truth that Christ in you is the hope of glory. So look at verse 13, for everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. A lot of pastors will preach for 30 years, grace and mercy, but they won't take you to the meat. They won't tell you about spiritual war. They won't tell you about Christ. They won't tell you to go further with Jesus because that's all they have. And what does Paul call them here? Unskillful in the word of righteousness. You know why? Because they are babes. There are lots of babes in the pulpit today. There are lots of babes that don't know which end is up. They learned a little something and they ran with it. And because of that, a lot of people you know, will stay there not knowing, okay, I've learned from you. Now I need to branch on and move closer to Christ. But you see, the worst thing you can have is a babe teaching the gospel because a babe can only give you what he knows. He can't show you more than that. And that's why we've got to let the spirit guide us in who to hear from, who to learn from. It says in Jeremiah three, that the Lord says he will give you prophets or pastors according to his heart. God doesn't intend for his people to be ignorant. We become ignorant by not you know, following the spirit of God and just hearkening unto men. So this person is a babe. When you can't teach more than milk, you know, then you you can't get to the word of righteousness. Look at verse 14, but strong meat belongs to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Why we fall into deception, why we go into places that God never called you and I to go into is because we have not had our senses exercised to discern both good and evil. That's what the meat is for. The meat is to grow Christ fully in you to the place of performing what Jesus said to do. But we can't perform and do what Jesus says if we don't know which end is up. That's why we must have the sincere milk first and we must grow in the grace of God, in the Holy Spirit, that we can reach the fullness of Jesus Christ. That is what it's about. That's what this whole thing is all about, you know? And that's why the Bible tells us in Mark 16 and 15 these signs will follow them that believe. In his name, they will cast out devils, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents. If there be any deadly thing, if they drink any deadly thing, it won't hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's what you call a true believer, the fullness of the measure of the stature of Christ. If we're not there yet, let us pray to the Lord that he may give us these things, but we gotta get to the place of eating meat. We gotta get to the place of a mature diet, hearing the real gospel, not being offended by what the Bible says, because you know what? There isn't a time that I read this Bible that there are times I get offended from what's being said, but you know what the goal is? Jesus Christ in me. I don't care where I have to go. I don't care what I have to do. I don't care you know, what comes my way. If I'm truly going to follow Christ, then I'm gonna go according to his word. I don't need to hear how much the Lord loves me, okay? I want to experience that through the saving power of Christ, through a relationship with him, that I may grow with him and get the fullness of Christ. You see the difference? A babe wants to be told how much he is loved. A babe wants to be told, you know, all oh, sweet nothings, man, just show me love. Because babes can't bear it. That's fair. But the point is when are you going to grow to the place of hearing the gospel and believing it and letting the Lord work in your life? Men, milk, and babes. Let's move on. Let's go to another place. If anyone has anything to add, please do you know, but i'm gonna we're gonna talk about two and how to get there. Let's go to uh Romans one and let's look at verse thirteen. you know we love people is why we tell them the truth. We don't wanna see people you know stunted in their growth, not willing to go forward. There were many ministers the Lord gives me and, you know, some of them were helping me because I couldn't understand a lot. And then the Lord started bringing me to dudes like Leonard Ravenhill, you know, Pastor Gary Price. um, uh, What's his name? Derek Prince. And I mean, these guys that are really, you know, Burt Clinton, guys who would really convict you of sin. David Wilkerson, people that will tell you the truth. Now, um, I heard an article recently that I'm not really surprised about, and this is not to be a tailbearer or slander your brother, but I um, looked up a a video the other day, and the guy was saying that Times Square Church is now changed. Now, Times Square Church was David Wilkerson's church. It was a Bible-believing church, a strong church. David Wilkerson died Carter Conlon comes in, you know, and I got nothing bad to say about the guy, but from what I'm hearing, the company that he's keeping are people that are not of God. So, you know, the very fact that some of those things are around in that church is really sad to see because David Wilkerson poured out his heart. But you see, it was Jesus Christ that was in David Wilkerson. It wasn't Wilkerson himself. But you see, babes probably sit in that church know that Carter Conlon is not David Wilkerson, okay, but they stay because that's where they had their start. But we've got to get to the place of not pursuing personalities, but going after Christ. We only get deceived when we refuse to follow the Lord and go according to his will. That's when we get deceived, because we look for a kinder, easier, gentler way, and you get false prophets that can use people like that, and get them to follow them. So, you know, this is the type of thing that we gotta stay with the light of the world who is Christ. And like I said, allow him to live in us and work through us. So let's look at Romans 1, look at verse 13. He says, Now I would not have you ignorant, brethren, that oftentimes I purpose to come unto you, but was let hitherto uh, that I might that um, I might have some fruit among you also even as among other Gentiles. I am debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to every one that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So Paul makes clear, he's not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, okay? He is after winning souls. He's not afraid to tell people the truth. This is also the mark of a mature Christian because a mature Christian has already settled it. I'm gonna probably say some things that'll get me fired, get me arrested, get me in trouble, but for Christ I live and Christ I die. He said he's not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God unto salvation to whomsoever will believe to the Jew first and also to the Greek. But then he says in verse 17, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, even as it is written, the just shall live by faith. So what is he making clear here? The righteousness of God gets revealed unto you and I from faith to faith. We may have one level of faith today, the next level of faith tomorrow, but your faith must be in Jesus Christ, okay? So he moves with us in levels. He works with us in stages. He deals with us according to the measure of our faith that we may gain what God has to give us and we may receive it and keep it that's what this is about. This is about gradual growth with Jesus Christ. Like he says, I am the true vine. You are the branches. Aside from me, you can do absolutely nothing. So this is what the Lord wants us to do. What does my sister say? It's funny. He said, for Christ, I live and for Christ, I die. And uh, and the time was uh, 444 when Derek said that That's funny. That's really funny. But you see, this is the kind of thing that the Lord is uh, making clear that we need to grow in His grace. Don't stay in the same place because, you know, it's just like you and I going back to kindergarten. What are we going to gain from there? We grow in wisdom and knowledge and we grow in spirit that we may do more works for Jesus Christ. All right, where do I want to go next? Uh, Let's go to. Second uh, Corinthians chapter three. Second Corinthians three, and let's look at verse eight. And that's one thing you find about babes: when you mature enough, you're willing to receive the truth. You know, you're getting to that place of, "Hey, man, I don't see any way around this." I want to pursue Jesus Christ, but you've got to let newborn babes know too you know what be what awaits them to see if they're really serious, but let them grow in the love of God, let them grow in the grace of God, let them love or uh, grow in the mercy of God. those are good things to learn about how good your Lord is, but He only saved you that you may save another. that's where we must mature and get to that place of. So 2 Corinthians 3, let's look at verse eight. How shall not the ministration of the spirit be rather glorious? For if the ministration of condemnation be glory, much more doth the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory. So what is he comparing here? The old Mosaic law, the ministration of condemnation compared to the ministration of the spirit, which is in Christ. Okay, he's saying, if you guys gloried in the old Mosaic law, and how much glorious would it be if you know we follow the Spirit of Christ? Look at verse 10. For even that which was made glorious had no glory in this respect by reason of the glory that excelleth. For if that which is done away was glorious, much more that which remaineth is glorious. Seeing then that we have such hope, we use great plainness of speech. So what Paul is telling the Corinthians, they need to get away from the place of following the old law. He wants them to pursue the spirit because if the law was truly the way, what would be the purpose of Jesus Christ coming? If the law was perfect, why need Christ? But you see, we've got to grow to that place of understanding it's all about Jesus. Even if your pastor leaves you, even if Sound the Trumpet ministry shut down, even if you can't find another pastor in your town, guess what? Jesus Christ is the hope of glory. That's why he's there. Because when you've been accepted in the beloved and you become full, a true Christian that is mature can walk alone. You don't need groups or entourages or crowds You're gonna bring the life of Christ wherever you go to try and get other people saved. So anyway, he says in verse 13, and not as Moses, which put a veil over his face that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished, but their minds were blinded for until this day remaineth the same old veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament which veil is done away in Christ. Now, you guys have seen me read from the Old Testament, but I compare the Old Testament with the gospel to show what things were righteous then and what needed to be done, but how it only had its place until the coming of Jesus Christ. That's what we need to understand. You know, it's all about growing with Christ, but some people want to put a veil over their faces, they can't see past what they learn could God save someone through the Torah? Absolutely. God will allow you to stumble onto the truth in his word, to fall in love with it, only to show you, guys, I've got another way. I've got a better way. Instead of trying to keep the law, I can now give you the spirit that you can be like Christ. Okay? You see, that's the part that's missing from people. So they keep the veil over their face because the old knowledge, the old understanding that they had, they want to take that with them all the way to salvation. And you can't do that. Okay. You learn from the Lord, you learn from the righteousness that God gave us, but now he has given us the spirit that we may be mature and become righteous. That's what this is about. So a lot of the times we can be uh, arrested in our learning because we cling to things that were instead of looking forward to the things that God has for us now. The Lord can't make you grow, the Lord can only tell you what's wrong. But Jesus Christ comes as the as the solution to make every single thing right. Even with the best of their laws, man could not keep them. He kept them to the best of his ability, but year after year, you had to make a sacrifice. For sins with the Lord. Jesus didn't come so you can stay with the Lord. Jesus came so that you can grow in his fullness. Verse 14: But their minds were blinded, for until this day remaineth the same old veil untaken away. In the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. Nevertheless, when it shall turn uh, to the Lord. Uh, the veil shall be taken away. So look at this, guys. You can have sin, struggle with sin, be a part of the old Mosaic law, but he makes clear here that when it shall turn to the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ, the veil shall be taken away. So the reason why we struggle with addiction, the reason why we still fight with the old carnal life, is because of the fact that we have not turned fully to Christ to let him break every band of wickedness, chase those things away, wash you clean with his blood, fill you with his spirit so that you can be righteous. That's what this thing is about. He says, nevertheless, uh, no, verse 17. Now the Lord is that spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty but we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. I did a teaching two years ago called From Faith to Faith, Glory to Glory. It's on soundoftrumpetministries.com. You guys should look it up, but you see, we're moving with God. Our Jesus Christ is not standing still and he's definitely not paying attention to the past. We have a new and living way, which is in Christ, where the Lord is leading us from faith to faith, growing in faith, from glory to glory, being able to to give God the glory and have his glory done through us. This is all about growth in Jesus Christ, you know? And that's why he tells you in 1 Corinthians 13, When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things, because it's those things that hold us back. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter two. 2 Timothy chapter two. And in order to grow right, we gotta get right with God, man. We cannot hearken on the false gospel. False gospel will keep you backsliding. False gospel will not allow you to grow. That's why we've got to have the true word of God. False gospel wants you to stay right where you are so you can go to hell. Look at Second uh, Timothy chapter 2. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus and the things that thou has heard of, of me Among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. What are we talking about here? Growth. He says to be strong in the grace of Jesus Christ. You say, okay, Paul, what do you mean? And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men. So, what we have heard of the gospel, what we have heard of Jesus Christ, the same thing that saved you we should be committing to faithful men. Why, Paul? Who um, who shall be able to teach others also. So this is a continuous work. Life begets life. Newborn babes become mature Christians who find newborn babes who can become mature Christians. This is a constant growth in Christ. He says, thou therefore endure hardness, As a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that wars entangles himself, entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who is Jesus, who has chosen him to be a soldier. So he tells you first to endure hardness as a good soldier. Then he tells you, No man, okay, that wars for Jesus entangles himself with the affairs of this life. That he may please Jesus, who has chosen him to be a soldier. We've got to be soldiers. Even if we're babes, babes go to church, like, you know, to grow, but it's like a boot camp. You go in there, you learn your do's and your don'ts, you grow in spirit only to graduate to be a soldier to go out and, and, you know, repeat the same process with others. And if a man also strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned, except he strive lawfully. The husbandman that laboreth must be first partaker of the fruit. You hear that? The husbandman that labors, the man that labors for God, must be first a partaker of the fruit. How do we get the fruit? We've got to have the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost of God bears fruit in you. What fruit? Love, joy, peace long-suffering, goodness, gentleness, faith, meekness, and temperance. The Bible says for such there is no law. You can't govern the Spirit of God through law. The Spirit makes you righteous and and allows you to follow Him. So we've got to be partakers of these fruit so that we can beget more life. Look at verse 7. Consider what I say, and the Lord give thee understanding in all things. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel, wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even unto bonds, but the word of God is not bound. So Paul has given us an example of what it is to evangelize and to share the truth of God. Notice he says in verse eight, remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel. So Jesus Christ was first raised from the dead. Then the second thing is, wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even unto bonds, but the word of God is not bound. So because of Jesus' sacrifice, Paul is able to allow himself to go to prison to get whipped, to all these things that happen to him because he wants to continue to push the word of God. He wants the word of God to reach people that they may grow in stature. Verse 10 says, therefore I endure all things for the elect's sake that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. This is another signifying mark of a maturing Christian. You want to see people saved. You want to preach the gospel. Even if you don't have the words, you're going to turn those people to where they can learn. That's all a part of growth because you know what you stop doing? You stop worrying about your stinking problems. You stop worrying about the things that you don't have. And you do what Jesus did. You get about your father's business because you want souls to be saved. You want more babes who can grow that can produce more babes. That's, that's evangelism. So let's look at uh, uh, verse 11. Uh, if it is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we believe not yet, he abideth faithful, uh, he cannot deny himself of uh, of these things, put them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord, that they strive not about words to no profit, but to the subverting of the hearers." Interesting point that Paul made, Jesus Christ cannot deny himself. Another mark of a mature Christian in knowing whether or not you're growing in Christ is, how often do you share Jesus with other people? You see, Jesus can't deny himself. If Christ is living in you, you can't deny Christ because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. One life can only bring forth more life. So a signifying mark of a mature Christian is, man, I gotta share that gospel. And also other marks of it is, I enjoy God's word. I love the word of God. I've got to read it every day. I've got to hear it. I take this thing to bed. I wake up with it. I've got to pray constantly before him, not because I'm laboring to do it, but because I enjoy the presence of God. Why? Because Jesus Christ was connected to the Father. What was his purpose? That you and I may grow and become connected to the Father. Verse 15, study to shew thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. It's so important, guys, that we learn this word and that we learn to rightly divide it because many false prophets will come against you with false doctrine. But if you've got that true sword, which is the sword of the spirit, you know how to divide the word. You will not be subject unto false prophets because you're maturing in Christ yourself. So he says in verse 16, but shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. This is why I'm telling you guys and why I mentioned earlier to shun profane and vain babblings. Okay, that's why I was trying to tell people during this study: pay attention to what's being said. Don't get into arguments, because once you start going there, you get out of the spirit. Verse 17: in their word will eat, as doth a canker of whom is Hymenaeus and Philetus." Who is Hymenaeus and Philetus? Two false prophets. He says that the word of the false prophets will eat as a canker. That's why it's important that you and I get in the good standing with God while we fall in line with the Lord and hear the true gospel. Because if you sit up under false gospel long enough, it's going to eat away your faith like gangrene. It's going to turn you into ignorance and now an unwillingness to pursue Jesus. Verse 18 says, who concerning the truth have heard saying that the resurrection is passed already and overthrow the faith of some. You guys wanna hear a false doctrine of a babe? That is the pre-tribulation rapture. People that actually believe they're gonna get raptured out of here before the wrath of the Antichrist that they're just going to be taken up in the cloud. They're not going to suffer, have to deal with anything, and they're just going to march home to glory. Well, if you believe that story, you better wake up to the truth. Only a babe will tell you that and believe it because they don't want to endure. Paul says that he endures all things that he may be with Christ. So this is a mature Christian speaking. You want me to believe some babe that came up with a doctrine about a hundred years ago? And you see, because of that, he's reading here in verse 18 that, it, that a lot of people have erred from the truth. They've erred from the truth, and it overthrew the faith of some, because Christians were always taught to be able to endure whatever is coming, because that's what true Christians do. But these people stay babes because they think they're getting raptured, and they're never going to see persecution. This is persecution is all a part of a Christian's growth. And when it comes to America, we're going to find out who the babes were, who those who weren't serious and those who really wanted Jesus Christ, because you're going to find out that those people were only in it because they wanted to feel good. They were never in it for Jesus to run their race with patience, to finish their course, to endure unto the end. So a lot of people have been overthrown with these false doctrines. Look at verse 19. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. The Lord knows them that are his. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. So Paul is saying here that the Lord knows those who belong to him. And he says that let everyone that names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. That's another thing people tell you, you can't be made perfect. That's another doctrine of a babe. You can't be made perfect in Christ. Man, we're just sinners, we just gotta live with it and just you know, allow God's grace to just allow us to keep on sinning until he comes and he's gonna take us home. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. The Bible says if we confess our sins, that he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse you and I from all unrighteousness. Jesus said, be ye perfect for your father in heaven is perfect. That, That means to be mature. That means to be led by the spirit. You know, that means to allow ourselves to have our obedience fulfilled in the Lord, that we can be governed by the Lord. So don't let people sell you short on, you can't be made perfect, that's a lie. Jesus would have never claimed that we could be made perfect if it couldn't be done. So you see, as Christians, we live well below our inheritance and we stay babes because we believe the lies of other babes that are deceived. And so he says, "I'm depart from iniquity, you know? So allow the Lord to make you over, mold you and shape you. Verse 20, But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work." So you wanna get mature in Christ, you wanna be right with Christ, First, you've got to depart from iniquity. Then you've got to depart from idols and idols of silver and gold and wood and of earth. You know, some vessels are for honor and some to dishonor. Some things are valuable, but they're still not as valuable as your salvation. If you can purge yourself of all worldly lusts and desires and allow the spirit to work with you in that sense, forsaking the world. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it is of the world. If we're able to forsake those things, then he says, if we purge ourselves from these, these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, one that God can use. You'll be sanctified. And meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. So you see, you need the new vessel to house the new wine. And when you have that, they will flow together, and God will work through you, just like he did Jesus Christ. Look at verse 22. Here's the other problem for maturity. Flee also, youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart, but foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender stripes." So when he talks about youthful lust, we did a teaching on soundthetrumpetministries.com called Flee Youthful Lust. But you see, it's amazing how you can have a grown man hanging his pants, trying to be a young thug. He's still listening to rap music, people, you know, playing nursery school rhymes to beats. And they think that that's something, how we can just, you know, play video games. That's what I had my problem with. I used to love video games because I thought it was like taking a load off, but I found myself playing them and really getting into them. So much so that the spirit had to tell me, Derek, you're a grown man and you're still in Mario land, you know, playing games. And I'm not saying you can't play these games, but the point I'm making is shouldn't you have more important things to worry about as a grown-up? Shouldn't you be conducting your life in a way of knowing your creator and understanding why you're here, that you can be matured and reach other people? Aren't there more important things like people going to hell every day? This is why God wants to, us to flee, youthful lust, because youth, youthful lust keep you young in mind and in spirit. And when you're young in mind and spirit, you can't mature to the things that God wants. This is why you got a lot of babes in church. You tell them the truth, they'll hate you for it. You think you're sitting amongst your brothers and sisters telling them the gospel, but what you're finding is, man, they hate what you're mentioning about forsaking the world and being with Christ. What's the problem? They're still babes, and they're probably not even saved because you gotta be born again. He says newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, but a lot of people don't want the milk of the word. They hate Jesus, but yet they call themselves Christians and they sit in church every single Sunday. No appetite for prayer, no appetite for the word, no appetite to see souls saved. So what are you? If you're not alive to Christ, then you are dead in your sins. He says in verse 24, and the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, like willing to teach, patient, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure uh, will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. So you see, God will allow your repentance to be made in your life if you acknowledge the truth that he gives you. Verse 26 says, and that ye may, re- and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. So you see, to receive the truth set you free. Jesus said, you may know the truth and the truth will make you free. Jesus came to live a free life that you and I may be free. Last scripture of the night. Let's go to uh, Ephesians 4. And let's begin at verse 11, and we're going to close out from there. Ephesians 4, and let's look at verse 11. I don't mean to be hard tonight, guys, but we need to be saved. And we need to grow in grace because the Lord is looking for faithful men and women who are mature enough and who love him enough and who have forsaken enough to do what he says. God looks to and fro throughout the earth looking for a man or woman that will obey him. And you know, a lot of us get into our little toys and gadgets and phones and all kinds of shoes and all kinds of different cars and trying to make our hair and dress like characters that we've seen on TV. Man, we gotta grow to be what Jesus Christ wants us to be. So Ephesians 4, guys, let's look at verse 11. And it says, and he who is Jesus gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So why did Jesus give us apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists? for the perfecting of the saints to do the work of the ministry to edify the body of Christ you need all of them what do apostles do i like to tell people about the 5 g's we did this teaching almost 3 years ago what do apostles do the first g for apostles they govern so they they go around building churches you know full of the spirit letting people know what god wants and what god doesn't want Okay, so they they um, they um govern. And then you get to the next one, you get to prophets. What do prophets do? They guide. Prophets hear from the Lord, his rhema word, and they will repeat what God tells them to say. What is that for? That we may have instruction on the scene and what to do. Then you get to pastors. What do pastors do? They guard, okay? Pastors are like shepherds, they guard the sheep. They tell their sheep the truth. They would lay down their lives for the sheep. Even if it meant that they had to preach the truth and go to jail, they still don't want the sheep to be deceived. So they lay down their lives for the sheep, protecting the sheep. Okay, then you got evangelists. What do evangelists do? They gather. Okay, evangelists gather. They go out, they win souls, they bring them into the church that people may give their lives to Jesus Christ and do what Jesus Christ says. And then you've got lastly, teachers, teachers ground. They ground you in the word of God that you may have that word living in you and that you may be able to teach others. So you need the fivefold ministry of Jesus Christ. He gave them that people may learn, that they may grow, that they may do what God says. But why did he do it? For the perfecting of the saints, the maturing of the saints, for the work of the ministry. You're only giving these guys that you may become a minister yourself for the edifying of the body. Verse three, till we all come in the unity, all come together in the faith and of the knowledge of the son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's what the goal is. That's why we're giving teachers. That's why we have pastors. That's why we have prophets, evangelists, and apostles for the perfecting of the saints that they can all help you to grow to the fullness of the measure of the stature. How many pastors are telling their people this? Because see, pastors, a lot of them want to make a living too. So they can't afford to tell you the truth to have you leave and start your own ministry in Christ. They want you stuck and where they are that you may never grow, that you may look unto them. There are some very sincere, well-intentioned pastors out there that want people to grow, but there are also many that want people to be their subjects. That's why I've got a teaching coming up on Saul and David. You guys have got to know the difference when you're dealing with one and not the other. David was a man after God's own heart. He served the Lord. He served the people and he loved the Lord. He was a champion for God. Then you've got Saul who made people, his subjects, his slaves, his servants, and them working under him. So you see King Saul was a type of Adam. King David was a type of Christ. Uh, Adam and Eve never thought about what God says that they would die. God told them. But you see, Adam was so evil and selfish that he heard what the serpent said and so did Eve and they had forsaken what God told them because they wanted to be their own man. And you see, Adam never thought, if I sin before the Lord, I'll be subject to death, but not just me, so will my kids be, so will my kids' kids, the kids after them until the generations that we got today. This all came from one man's sin because he sought his own righteousness and not God. That's a type of King Saul. King Saul wanted servants unto himself, but David was a man after God's own heart that laid everything down for the people. He loved the people and he loved God. So we gotta make sure we're sitting up under the right one and not Saul. A lot of people are sitting up under Saul and Saul only means for you to be a church sweeper. He wants you to be a usher, be a good little boy and wash my car and then I want you to wax it, then I want you to park it, then I want you to bring more condemned souls in here so that they can stay consent, condemned so I can make my money. But David, like Jesus Christ, wanted everybody to get full so that they could move in the ways of Christ. Look at verse 14, that we henceforth be no more children tossed in, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slate or slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive." So this is another reason why we can't stay babes, why we need to mature, because he says we won't be tossed and be as children, blown around with every wind of doctrine, not knowing what we believe. And then it says, by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. We need to mature. We need to get full of Jesus so we will not be deceived of men. But you see, children, he says, they go with every wind of doctrine. They'll go, oh yeah, I believe there could be a pre-trib rapture. Yeah, I believe that, you know, we could be one saved, they always say. I don't want to offend. I believe that even Muslims, you know, there's a chance they may make it to heaven. I believe that you can bring the old testament and then line it up perfectly well with the new. You see, that's That's what babes do because they haven't had their senses exercised to discern good and evil. We must get close to Jesus and grow in Jesus to have our senses exercised to discern good and evil. Then he says, but speaking the truth in love um, may grow up into him in all things, uh, which is the head, even Christ from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. One of the biggest problems too we have here is you got a lot of immaturity in the church because you got a lot of babes in the church. We should care about people getting saved. We should care about not just our salvation, but our neighbor's salvation. That's important, man, because, you know, we edify and we add to the body. But how can people who are adding to the body bring other people in, and those people that were brought in under the new life just sit there? Just, you know, uh, I, I thank God I'm saved, but I'm not going back out there. Then what was the purpose of you being saved? You see, and this is why we can't miss this growth that needs to take place in us. Look at verse 17, this I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that we henceforth, henceforth, walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them, Because of the blindness of their hearts. So we've got to get in that place of not being, having our understanding darkened and not being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them. We've got to cling to the true vine so that we can bear fruit, that they can cling to the true vine so that they can bear fruit. That's what this whole experience is about. But he said the Gentiles do this. Gentiles are worldly people, Gentiles are fake Christians. They're like, you know, church people, not people that go to church, but people that believe that all you've got to do is go to church. That's the difference. Those people walk in their own vanity. They look, they wear their Sunday's best, they walk out, they'll walk right past homeless people and whatever, and just walk whistling and can't wait to get to church. Didn't see the need on their way to church, so that the need to be saved. And when they leave, they don't see the need to save others. They're walking in the darkness of their own minds and their own vanities and their own things that they want. Anyway, verse 19 says, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness, but ye have not so learned Christ. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him. If you have heard Jesus and been taught by Jesus, as the truth is in jesus that ye put off the you put off concerning the former conversation or the former lifestyle of the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust and be renewed where in the spirit of your mind and that ye put on the new man which after god is created in righteousness and true holiness so what is he talking about here putting off the old lifestyle like Jesus did, like John the Baptist did, like so many others that came before us and they get renewed in their mind and then they take on the new man who is in righteousness and true holiness. What are we talking about here? Moving from an unsaved person unto a babe, unto a mature individual, man or woman in Jesus Christ. Verse 25 Um, give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. So you see, we can't preach the gospel and be cursing, having filthy mouths and filthy language. We've got to be made right so that people may have a chance at seeing what Christians are and do what God says. This is all a part of the walk. This is all a part of maturing. This is all a part of us reaching our full stature that we may drop fruit that will bear seeds that will go into the earth and bring forth more fruit. This is the walk of a Christian. This is the gospel that God wants us to have. He wants us to be authentic. He wants us to be righteous. He wants us to follow God in every single way that he calls us to because babes don't bear fruit. Being a babe is the beginning of your walk till you mature to the fullness of Christ. Then you become a tree that bears fruit. That's what we've got to be, righteous trees for Jesus Christ. And I want to tell people too, another mark of a babe is emulations. When I first started in my walk, I used to emulate a lot. I used to see other pastors try and be like them, try and repeat the things that they said. And being the babe that I was, I didn't even want to tell people where I learned it. You know why? Because I didn't have any confidence in God. I didn't have a real relationship in Jesus Christ. So I would steal people's information and I would put it up and I would act like it was me. The Lord gave me. You know what you hear a lot too with babes? You hear a lot of me. Me, my, and I. I did this. Oh, the Lord did this through me. But you know, when you mature in Christ, you know the only words that come out of your mouth is Jesus. Glory be to Jesus Christ, glory to his, you know, the revelation that he has brought, the things that he has allowed to be done, that he may, be the, he may get the glory. But you see, when you're emulating, man, you won't tell people where you learned it because you're still looking for glory for yourself. But when you're someone that's maturing in Christ, God speaks to you, God helps you grow. You begin to have more faith and confidence in him that you may say, you know, Uh, glory be to the Lord, he can talk to you. You can say, hey, I learned this from this pastor. Hey, I'm gonna play a video of a pastor that said this, that God used, and it's no sweat off your back, why? Because you're just a servant of the Lord. Your job is to proclaim the truth. You're not seeking glory, but babes seek glory, their own glory, they've got to be noticed. Even if they don't have the answer, they've got to tell you that they do because they have not allowed themselves to be matured and organically grown in Christ. So, you know, that's that's the lesson pretty much for tonight, guys. Um, hopefully we got some understanding. I could tell the devil was trying to deter my mind with things that I was trying to say. So, you know, there may be some things I say here that may not make sense because my mind got distracted trying to You know, fight the devil off, but you know, let the Lord be gloried. Let him work in your life. Let his patience be in your life that you may truly be a righteous tree. No longer drinking milk, but you're eating the meat because that's what a soldier of Christ needs, you know. So let's pray and we can close out from there. Well, actually, I wanna say to people, if you know you're not saved and nobody knows this more than you, give your life to Christ while there is time. You know, Get into his word, his sincere milk, believe in his death, burial and resurrection, repent of your sins, believe through his shed blood, you can be washed clean, and believe that he's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. Yield your vessel to the Holy Ghost, present your body unto the Lord, he'll fill you with his spirit, you get into his word, you learn about him, Get baptized, and you can have a life with Jesus Christ. That you've got to forsake a life for a life. You know, it's just like a babe and a mature person is like a caterpillar and a butterfly. Caterpillars are lowly, you know, ugly. They just look earthbound, but when they go into that cocoon, that cocoon, and they go through the process of the chrysalis, they come out a beautiful creation that is willing to fly with such freedom, not bound to the earth, but free to move with the air. So as every Christian that is maturing in Christ, that becomes full of Christ to be used of Christ. So let's pray, we'll go out from there. Heavenly Father in Jesus name, we thank you for this time of sharing. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the listeners tonight. May your word have penetrated deep into their hearts that they may receive understanding, that they may give all things unto you, that they may reach your fullness. And I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, for the souls that are out there, for those who don't know, Lord, who you are, I pray that you lead us unto those that are willing to receive the gospel, that we may lead more souls unto you. I pray that you take us into the highways and byways that you build us up through your sincere milk to eventually eat the meat that we may reach your fullness. Through relationship, Lord, that people when they see us, that they see you. I just pray and I ask, Lord, that all these things be done, that you place an anointing on the hearers, Lord, let them grow, let them branch out, let us fellowship together, but let them get on the task for what you have called them to do. Let all these things be done for your glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, so that's gonna pretty much wrap it up for tonight of our teaching of Men, Milk, and Babes. If you haven't heard this teaching, start from the beginning. It should be uploaded in a few minutes that you may hear it and hopefully it'll bless you and your families. But we just got to have the life of Christ to do all that he says. Tomorrow's teaching is gonna be called... um, the Garden of Gethsemane. The Garden of Gethsemane. Okay, that's going to be at 7 uh, p.m. Pacific time, 10 p.m. Eastern time. And um, hopefully people will get some understanding. So if you can, tune in. So I just want to say again, I'm Minister Derek Hallett of Sound the Trumpet Ministries, soundthetrumpetministries.com. You know, I thank my sister Tara for coming on, sister Sarah. And others that have listened in, I just want to say with that, I love you all. And until next time, have a good night.